Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Jim Gray. Hey, hey. Talking about Gray. Jim Gray. Jim Jell. Gray Slide. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Believe in Skateboarding. Uh, today's episode might require an interpreter because uh, we have a guy here who's still trying to learn to speak English uh, or maybe trying to learn to speak English so someone can understand what he's saying. So good luck understanding this one. Uh, uh, so we're going to start with the uh, usual question. That's, I'm Jim Gray. Who the hell are you? Just someone, French guy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm Tibbs. Tibbs. Yeah. Tibbs Paris. Is yeah. that right? Yep, yeah, you said right. right. Spelled like Thibault, but it's Thibault. Yeah, t- Thibault. Thibault. Yeah. Thibault. So you already got that wrong, and I asked him five minutes ago. <laughs> exactly. I'm such a stupid American. <laughs> yeah, We're so dumb when it comes to language and accents. That's why I go by Tibbs. T-I-B-S. Like, this is bullshit. This know? is Tibbs Paris. <laughs> so um, uh, he's an unusual skateboarder because he's really good, but he rides a longer board than most people. And that freaks people out for some reason. But yeah. not me, because I'm not... Yeah, one of you pussy ass people who freaking like gets all upset because someone rides a board that's different than you. But uh, yeah, Tibbs is a badass uh, skateboarder on a longboard. So thank you. Let's let's start there. Why why a longer board? What uh, did you ever ride a shorter board and then decide you liked longer boards? So I started with uh, Illinium skateboards. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, so like Illinium was part of Sector, sector nine. nine. Yeah, my dad was a plumber, and he saw I was interested into skateboarding, and he said, "Oh, I have a customer who sells skateboards." And it happened to be the distributor of Sector 9 skateboards in Europe and France. Your dad's friend? My dad's customer. Your dad's customer, okay. My dad right. was a plumber. Okay. So I got there, we got skateboards, Illenium. And, um, so Illenium wasn't longboards, though? No, Elenium, it was like shortboards. Yeah, shortboards, maybe more pool style, more yeah. old school kind of... Uh, yeah, I was a normal kid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Greg Lutzka was on it, you know, all those guys. And um, after the years... I bought a longboard to go to the skate park just to cruise with a tail and a nose. Kind of like the board I ride today. So you rode your longboard to the just, skate park. just the skate park for transportation? Yeah. Carrying your other board? Exactly. I assume, yeah. okay, yeah. all right. And um, one time I do a gap with my skateboard and I break my board. And on my longboard, I'm like, why not? And I started to ride the longboard in the street doing gaps and at the skate park. And I just put like hard wheels on it and I stick to it. That, that's amazing because there are really only I only know five or six guys that I can think of that yeah. really you know did that it was Brad but, yeah. you know uh, who we rest in it. peace yeah. we we love what a what a sweet uh, what a sweet man great um, guy uh, yeah and and you know there's there's just literally a handful of guys that I know that are riding hard wheels longboards and and ripping Jesse Jesse yeah. Uh, you know, and yourself. Those are the three. The first three that come to mind. I think I've run into a couple others, but those are the only three that I immediately just think of as you guys. 
Yeah. The, the scene is pretty big in Brazil, actually. Okay. The lot of like kids ride longboards in skate parks. Do they mix with everybody? Because I, I do hate, I'm sure it feels lame sometimes when people try to separate you as something different. <laughs> yeah. The, it happened a lot. And uh, this, the thing with me is I was riding with skateboarders and the top skateboarders in my area. So I was doing tricks like they were learning. So that's where like, my level come from because I was surrounding myself with those people. And at contest, I remember it was ISPO in Munich in 2012. So electric sunglasses got me into the Volcom contest. And I was skating with Ben Hatchell and all those guys doing kickflip to fakie, backside air, like all those tricks. And the organizer come at me and he said, you cannot ride the contest. I'm like, why is that? Because you don't ride a skateboard. I'm like, it's a deck with wheels. And I'm pretty sure I can be on the top five of the contest. He's like, I don't care. Like, I ride for electric sunglasses. Like, I got put in the contest. And, like, every, like, I was so bummed. Yeah, and, I, you know, it kind of takes me back to a day I once sat at an industry conference. Yeah. And it was something about media. There was a panel taking place. And uh, I'm not even going to mention the name, but someone very, very well known in skateboarding with a huge website was up there uh, on the panel. And, and someone asked him, do you think you'll ever cover longboards at some point? Because it's at that point, this is when Sector 9 is at its peak. And they go, probably half of the skateboard market was longboards. Yeah. You know, this is seven, eight years ago, whatever. Um, and, and they, instead of just saying like, well, that's not our thing or that's not our style. Um, he really took a step back and said, well, you know, I mean, have you seen some of those videos or something like that? It was just really, we were kind of like rollerblading. It was just all this like <laughs> negative thinking, but then the, the most ridiculous thing, he stood back and he goes, I mean, I guess maybe someday some of those guys could become skateboarders. <laughs> and, it was like, and, and I literally was sitting. I was sitting in front of E.G. from Sector yeah, Nine, EG, yeah. and I turned around and looked at him. And the look in his face was like, "Oh my God, what a moron!" So this was a huge player in the skateboard business, Sounds with like one of the biggest websites for skateboarding. And he actually said, "Maybe someday the skate, the longboarders might become skateboarders." And I was just thinking, like, "Wow, where did skateboarding? How did we get so?" off on this you know yeah. thing about what a skateboard is i mean i think the kids riding penny boards to school though they're not skateboarders the way we live skateboard lifestyle they're still skateboarders it's like saying a guy riding a bike isn't a bike rider you yeah. know what i mean it's like uh maybe not a competitive bike rider or a lifestyle you know but uh, just have fun man <laughs> no no i agree so i mean yesterday i was doing 360s on a little weird skinny board like that it's not what i carry around with me it's not what i take when i go to the skate park but so when I see you skate, you're skating the same stuff I am. You're mostly yeah. a transition skater. You skate street stuff, but you're mostly a transition skater, right? You ride yeah. mini ramps and bowls. And um, and you just chose to do a different style board. And to be honest, it blows my mind because you're doing harder tricks than I am <laughs> on a freaking harder board to ride. I'm younger, and, Jim. I'm younger. Well, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I try to factor that in when it comes to my ego crush, okay? Um, but, uh, but I allow my ego to, <laughs> to suffer through that. No, but still, you're riding fast, loose, doing airs, you know, rock and rolls, disaster, sliding, or, you know, like board slides. I mean, it's like, you know, stuff that's challenging enough on a smaller board, and, and you're doing it on a board, which, I mean, hey, every time you do you do rock and roll, it's a lot longer of a turnaround and a lot easier yeah. to hang up and a lot, a lot of different stuff going on. Yeah, I can, I can see that, but I just, I used to ride everything. I, I used to do downhill. I won the first mega ramp contest in Europe. It was not mega ramp. It was one of my friends who built the... And in English, that's mega ramp. Mega ramp, yes. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I'm just, I'm listening as he talks and he's like, mega ramp. 
I love that. It's French. <laughs> do, that... Wait, we don't have subtitles here? We don't have subtitles, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, however, like, I, was, I wrote Downhill, Street, Mini Mega Ramp, and I won the contest with the France at 360 Cork on the, on the Gap. On the Mini Mega Ramp. Yeah. Yeah. So and I've how done, long is the board you're riding? It was like 38. 38, yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty excited. I want to go skate Elliot with my board. So I want to get back to that. Go skate what? Elliot's ramp. Like the, Elliot Sloan. Yeah. Okay. Elliot right. Sloan. Yeah. Elliot's ramp. Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's okay. No, I mean, hey, I'm going to correct him if I don't understand it. I'm hoping we're speaking slow enough. Yeah, put on Let's my French. Let's speak really slow, okay? Put on my French. Let's talk <laughs> slow. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> now I we're, look different. Oh, my but, God. So, Elliot Sloan's going to be right. His compound is amazing. Yeah. Um, the stuff he's been doing lately. Let's just let's talk about Elliot Sloan for a minute. Yeah. Elliot Sloan is crazy. Elliot Sloan is talented. And yeah. Elliot Sloan does some pretty insane stuff. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to go to the Christian Osoy event. Uh, yeah, I don't get invited to those things. I usually hear about them, like, when they're happening and say, hey, think I can go? And they're like, no. I mean, I talk to Dave Duncan. I can let you know when things know. like that. That's how I go to almost everything. Someone yeah. tells me the day it's happening. Yeah. Hey, are you going to this today? I go, I didn't know anything about it. And then sometimes I find a way to make a phone call and get in there. Yeah. And usually if I show up, I can get in. But still, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I'm not really on the list. I get forgotten on the list. <laughs> yeah, but you show up as a guest. I but, show up as a guest and I usually get let in. Yeah, VIP. You know. I've been known. Or, I've been around long enough. I usually know somebody, right? But, yeah. But I hate that feeling of showing up somewhere. Feeling like it's going to be the time you're going to be denied. Because it's happened. There's a time oh. when... I skated all of the contests on Huntington Beach for all the years of the surf contest. Yeah. Back to the early 80s. Okay. okay. So for 10 years, I was one of the five guys who was out there every single year with Christian Asoy and Steve Stedham and whoever it was. Mickey Alba. We're doing demos and contests. And then the middle of the 2000s come and they're having these bowl contests there. And I'd show up at the gate and they'd be like... Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, you can't, you can't go up and stands and sit up there. No, you can't come up here. Like really, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like we we were the ones who did this before this ever even happened, and now like you know, who's that guy? Oh, he's an executive for Panasonic. That's why he's up there eating, eating the yeah. food and uh, watching the contest. But no, you can't go. And like so, um, yeah, there was a few years like that where it was. Not I mean, easy. it's everywhere. There was a big event in France, and they called me to come to the contest because there was not enough skateboarder. Yeah. So they call me every year. And one year I go, it was like, I didn't, they didn't call me, but I don't care. Like, I just go, I want to skate. Yeah. Know? They're like, no, you, you're not invited. You cannot skate. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You guys call me every year, all the time to have me here. I come up, you don't call me, but I come up just to support and you don't want me here. Yeah. Great. No, no. And that, that's something I think a lot of people, that, that's a, a weird, painful part of being a competitive pro you know, known skater like that. When someone wants you there and they're like so excited that you show up to help put on the demo and make their show work and then later that you're not cool enough because they connect with someone who they consider cooler yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, you can't write. I mean, I used to write all those contests on the beach and then and then the guy started running them, um, you know, uh, the Florida guys, this, you know, skate park of Tampa, yeah, um, guys like that, you know, they would be announcing and they would never let me ride the course. You know what I mean? But when... But before that, I always got to ride the course, uh, you know, um, for and people would say, oh, we know Jim's going to be the first guy who shows up when the, when the thing gets built. And like, I'd, I'd have all the fun sessions like that. And then, so yeah, so no matter how VIP uh, you people think we are, sometimes we're not treated very VIP and nor, I guess, you know, whatever. It's, it's just the way it works. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It happened to me in France a lot for magazines. 
they called Sector 9, so they talked to me to get advertising, but they never wanted to put a photo of me on a magazine because my board was too long. Yeah, yeah, the longboard thing is, uh, um, I think it's really interesting because what the hell? It's got four wheels and it's a piece of wood. It's just more wood and it's more amazing when someone can do a kickflip on that or a yeah. tail tap or a, or a big air, you know? So why people put that down, I don't get it. And I think that's people's own fear of anything that's different than them. Yeah, I mean, you know? when kids ask me, why do you ride a longboard? I say, because I've tried everything and that's what I love. Why do you ride a shortboard? I don't know. I'm having fun on what I ride. Yeah, and Are most you? people ride a shortboard because yeah. it makes them feel cool. cool to be near the people they hang out with. Yeah. And in fact, look how skateboarding has evolved from this seven and a half inch popsicle board, which was about the least functional thing that ever existed in skateboarding. And yet yeah. I had a factory and for many years it's about all I could make was a seven and a half inch popsicle because oh, it's all anybody would want. Seven and three quarters was considered wide. Okay, that's stupid skinny for anything that involves stability, you know, launching down things or like that. It's just stupid skinny. It's for flipping your board over, basically. That's yeah. it. Kick flip, flip it around, whatever. Um, but then as a few people start pushing it and doing the, and, and the guys are acting like, oh no, this is the perfect board. I mean, I even heard once from one of the big industry guys like, we finally created the perfect shape. I go, a fucking stupid popsicle <laughs> is the perfect shape. The best skateboarders ever could skate anything. Yep. You know, I've seen guys kick flip 12 inch wide boards. I've, you know, yeah. seen guys drop in pools in a, in a 70s freaking skinny truck board and still grind the coping. Like the best skateboarders will ride anything. But for a while, they, just like nobody would ride anything but a seven and a half inch popsicle. Yeah, I remember and that. it creeped its way up there. And now I'm going to guess your average board's like eight and a half, yep. you know, uh, and some guys are even riding nine inch popsicles. You know, and some kids are writing non-popsicle shaped boards on the street and proving that you don't need to have a popsicle shape for it to be a skateboard yeah, no, or for it, it to work. Exactly. I saw a video of Ryan Shekler like this morning, actually. He was riding a 60s board like, with like metal wheels, you know? Uh-huh. He did a kickflip on it. Metal wheels. Metal wheels. Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. that's, you know, those did... trucks were so skinny, it's hard to even land on. But he did a kickflip on it. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, did... I have a 12-inch wide, super old-school pig board. And I was at the Huntington Skate Park once in Tosh Town and, you know, yeah. goes up, let me check out your board. First thing he did was did a flawless kickflip on a 12-inch wide board. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, I'll use seven and a half inch. That's all we can ride. That's the only thing that works. Flippers. I mean, there were a lot of sniveling crybabies in the 90s. There were. I mean, oh, I knew yeah. guys that worked at factories who told them guys would come in and, like, throw a board on the ground and go, like, I couldn't ride that. It's like, you know, or they put three three bolts in their trucks instead of four because one was saving them some weight and like, Jesus, you it's, suck. Yeah, it's That's not the, the skateboard. It's the skateboarder. It's the skateboarder. Yeah. And yeah. it's the attitude. So um, when it 100%. became, you know, it, it's too much about who, how, how cool you are. Um, and believe the longboard thing even goes back. Longboarders still weren't necessarily treated quite the same, but in the 70s, 80s, it was common to see a guy in a longboard at a skate park. Jeff Tatum um, ride a longboard and created the backside there. Yeah, no, there was there was a lot of guys from the 70s that rode longboards, uh, um, you know. I think that was GNS mostly. Uh, no, GNS. Um, Kevin the Worm Anderson was yeah. flying out of freaking 17-foot bowl at Paramount on like 40-inch right. longboards and nice. stuff like that. I mean, there was there was a lot of dudes that ripped on, uh, Small on comfortable. back then. Small comfortable. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm okay with you riding a longboard, just so you know. Thank you so much. It's okay, you're allowed to. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's funny because when I go to skate park and people who don't know me try to sneak me or don't let me skate, 
and other skateboarders who want to try my board and do 360 flip or kickflip. You mean like the young skaters? Like any kind. Yeah. yeah. Well, I see, I bet a lot of young skaters are more open yeah. to it. Yeah. You know, just like I go to a skate park and do 360s. I've always done 360s. I'm yeah. mostly a pool guy, but I like doing 360s. Yeah. But if I start doing my skate park, you know, some people just like, look, what the, what the hell are you doing? You know, like, <laughs> kook, get out of here. But then like young kids, like they come up and they want to try it. Yeah. Because their minds are open and they're not all, they're not all caught up in, yeah. the, in being cool yet. Yeah, there's a Jimmy Foy on the Trusher magazine. He said, if you ride a weird shape, you're too old for skateboarding. Or something on those lines. Yeah, and I get and, it. And some of that's just youthful, like, we want to own it right now. I get that. I mean, yeah. when we when I was, you know, in the 80s, you know, the core of we were the guys. I mean, like, yeah. everything you ride is what's the coolest. And, you know, I don't remember being so vibey, but um, I think that just comes with being in your 20s and being yeah. like, I'm the coolest guy in town, you know. And then you learn later, you're going to look back and go, yeah, I wasn't the fucking coolest guy in town. I don't yeah. care how good you are. There's no, there's no one I've ever met in skateboarding who's so cool yeah. that they... they transcend everything i mean everyone's had the tony album they've all had their good days they've had their bad days they had their, yeah, bad, they had their days when nobody even talked to them there were times i don't care what anybody sees today and they see the oh treat the legends like the, their legends there's a there's a day in the in the 90s especially when steve olson Dwayne peters eric dressen you know those guys their ex-sponsors which are now their sponsors again didn't yeah. even freaking give them the time of day they wouldn't answer the phone if they called you know what I mean? Yeah. But now they're like, oh, yeah, we're all reissues and part of the program. And these guys, we've been behind these guys the whole time. And, you know, complete yeah. BS. But uh, yeah, it's marketing. Social media make that, I think. Well, it's also it's money. It's, it's money. It's, money. it's like of now course, we can yeah. make money off them now. Welcome them back. But for a while, we don't consider them a financial asset. So just don't give them the time of day. It's like, no, those guys were everything to your company in 1978 and 1982. Um, you don't need to pay them anymore. They're not bringing in lots of revenue, but you can give them a board and acknowledge their existence and thank them for the tens yeah. of thousands of boards they sold for you, not uh, refuse to answer their phone call. Yeah, I think that's what tracker trucks do, actually. Like, they like support the riders, like even the old school giving trucks and small company now, but still supporting the scene and... Yeah, and I, you know, I don't ride trackers anymore. I rode for them for about 30 years. Yeah. I fought the battle. And the, I don't care how many times people heckled me on the Indies. I go, well, why am I grinding harder and turning better than you if I'm riding trucks that don't turn and, yeah. and are so bad? You know, uh, I, I was, that's always one of my biggest... Uh, we, were, we were talking yesterday about there's not racism in skateboarding. There's yeah. truckism. Yeah, you know, exactly. That is, that is the most... That's how we... The only thing... Skateboarding is about the least racist thing ever, right? Yeah, where oh, you're 100%. from, what color you are. We're all like, who cares? It's just yeah. all skate. But when it comes to... Trucks, yeah, it's like we make that racism, and so I always uh, hated the fact that there was so much shit talking um, that was just made up shit talking. It was oh, just always. it was just made up to stir up problems and and to undermine people. And you know, I don't have a lot of respect for people who build things based on putting other people down. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you build it by promoting what you do good. You can even say what we do and why it's better, but to have to whisper like that doesn't turn. You know, you're gay if you ride those. It's all you're about whatever. the bushing, man. Um, you know, I mean... I think that's all about the bushing more it's than bush, bushings for sure. I've, I've never in my life ridden stock bushings. No yeah. matter what truck I've ridden, I ride aces these days. Um, I've ridden indies. I, I rode tracker for a million years. Never, ever could I ride stock bushings. I always had different style bushings. They have to find the feel for me that has yeah. the right spring and the right stiffness. And, yeah, bones and made rebound. a difference. Bones, like, came up with a good... Um, no, the, 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 I mean, bones, the bones... Uh, bushings are what I ride myself, yeah, for sure. Change my yeah. change my game, 100%. yeah. Um, and they they do they just make a lot of sense. 
yeah. you know, to have the stiff, uh, the stiff, the stiff shell with the outer core with some some rebound in it. So, um, uh, I, I give credit where it's due for sure, and that yeah. is that's a great product. Yeah. So it's not about the trucks, it's about the riders. Actually, uh, about the bushing. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's about the riders. Dave no, Armstrong yeah. rides one bushing. Yeah, I've seen kids with like the truck with no bushings. Yeah, well, some kids with no bushings. Yeah, but I mean, so so the fact that that you, that's defying everything because for all those years, when you go back to seven and a half inch popsicles, these guys rode their trucks so tight they didn't even turn, just so they could snap ollies better and make their board flip. You know, because there was just no there's no turning whatsoever. And now you see a guy like Daywan Song riding with a board most of us could barely hold straight yeah. because it's so loose, like your ankles hurt. Because it would wobble so much, guest yeah. stepping on it, and he does kick flips, balance stuff uh, with more precision than most yeah. people ever do. Yeah, and I've then you, and he's riding one bushing. So I, I remember in France riding vert with Vincent Matteron. I don't know if you know the name, but he's get like ball and vert. Uh, he stay at Tony sometimes, and uh, he's getting the vert. And I look at his truck. There's only one bushing, and the, the truck is moving like really crazy. Wow. And, and there was a lot of guys escape vert that way. Chris like, Russell, this guy Siljag, these guys like I, you know, the one thing I know that definitely does when they do big high disaster like hangups, yeah. it's wobbling as they come in, which helps you from hanging up when you because yeah. because then that that kingpin and that hanger wants to hang up and it's wobbling. It helps. I've I've seen some close up videos of guys landing stuff and see like that's kind of helping wobble it over the coping because. Pretty scary the thought of freaking doing a uh, yeah. hang up disaster on purpose on like a twelve foot ramp or pool. And I mean, at the Kumbi pool, I think he broke his board doing that. He did, Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've I mean. told the story too many times, but I did hop on his board once at the Kumbi during a contest to ride it over to him because he has lost his board on the deck, and I went to bring it to him, and I almost fell headfirst in the pool because I, <laughs> I took one push and I wheeled it. Yeah, and it was really sketchy. Like, so like, Scared to death. Like, and there was got the pool party with eight hundred people in the crowd, and I'm yeah. just like. I'm lucky enough to be on the deck, hop on the board to go ride it across the bowl to him, and literally an inch from the edge of the pool, I got wheel bite and almost went head first into the pool. Wow. It was impossible for me to keep that board straight. There was no was water serious. in the pool, man. Um, no water in the pool, yeah. There was no, there was no, no safety, nothing on yeah. me. I would have been, uh, you know, yeah, would have been entertaining for the crowd. So. Oh, for sure. So let's talk about your life. So you grew up in, in France. Yeah. Um, you found your way into skateboarding because your father happened to do business with the Sector 9 distributor. Yeah. And then it sucked you in. It like it lured, it lured so, you in deep. And um... I mean, what got me into skateboarding it was in 99, we watched the 98 X Games because in France, everything was delayed. So one year later, we got the, the X Games on TV. I, I think it was MTV or something like that. And uh, we watched the X Games. There was like Bob Burnquist, Becky Lassek, all those guys. I know now. It's pretty crazy. And uh, I told my dad I want to do skateboarding. So he brought me to this guy. And uh, before that, we had one skateboard for five people. So every week, we t- took the skateboards. Like, oh, this week you have the skateboard. This week you have the skateboard. And every weekend, we skated all together with the same board. Wow. So then and who my, were the five people? Just close friends. Okay. And uh, would you go? Where would you go? On the street, we have no okay. just small so curves. So you find a spot, stores. and yeah. we want to ride a curb. We want to, you know, yeah, we, ride a little bank or something. We just ship, hand the board to each other. Yeah, we find plywoods, we find things, and we try to build something in town, you know. And then my dad bought me skateboards for my uh, for Christmas with my brothers, and I just never quit. Because just like you, you I love just it. the way you felt, just 
made you happy at that time? Was there more stuff to skate? Was there a skate park? Was there no? There was nothing, but the distributor had a mini ramp in his backyard. Okay, that's where I met uh, biker Sherlock. I uh-huh. met a lot of guys from Drags and skateboarders coming, like French skateboarders was coming. In so town. who uh, who was your first skip sponsor in skateboarding? Ilium. It was okay. Yeah, right. I was more like Flo. I was because I knew the guy and I helped build skateboards when he was selling them. So I was. So that was uh, 1999. When so did you come to America? I came for the first time in 2005 for the ASR trade show in January. Mm-hmm. So that's when I met uh, all the guys from Sector 9. I was speaking no English. Like, no you, word. You do speak English now? I try. It's better. <laughs> it's better. It's better. Oh, your English is better than my French. So how's that? So. Yeah, you know, my girlfriend was like, teach me something in French. And I'm like, let's start with the French kiss. Easy. She speaks I, French now. Okay. <laughs> I do speak French. I do speak French then. <laughs> you know, and um, so yeah, 2005, I came uh, to Sector 9. Black Flies too. I know them like since 2005. So they've been supporting me. Uh, and when I came here, for me, it was a dream. So I leave California and for me, it was just a dream. Like, did I, was I... Was I even there? And how then I was just coming to ASR and going back. You mean the whole experience yeah. of coming and seeing ASR was a dream. Yeah. This is when they had mini ramps and everything. I mean, I was. Oh, yeah, the mini, mini ramp was huge. Year. And yeah. I think Sector 9 bought a piece of it to put it at the warehouse. Oh, okay. And the, the funny part is I saw this guy on the longboard on the handrail, Jimmy Rao, at Sector 9. That's what made me start also. I was like, oh, you can do that with a longboard. I'm stoked. And in 2005, I hang out with him and he's my friend. I was at his wedding. So. That experience is just, it's just insane. Like yeah. when you come no, from a small that's... town, and for you America is just on movies, and it's just insane. Like the fact and, that and the so there, I wish I could really completely understand or see the difference. Of the rallies. I lived in Orange County. I grew yeah. up in Orange County, in the heart of skateboarding, the center of everything, um, where all the big companies. Let's face, skateboarding was fueled by hard goods and clothing. Yeah. Right, clothing is how most of us got around in the eighties. Gotcha, Quicksilver, you know, so on, yeah. so forth, and then later on the Volcoms and all that. And they were all—they're all in Orange County. Yeah. And uh, and I grew up right here, and we had you know skate parks, and we had you know skateboard brands and the scenes. And um, but I see it when I travel around the world. I feel that whole that whole longing for this scene, mm-hmm. and I and I always wonder how different the perception of what you think it is versus what it is. Because even coming off the SR show. You're jumping into the full Hollywood version of it, right? Yeah, the exactly. whole like show, the pizzazz, the trade show, which even for us only happened twice a year. You know, we, we I live that way every weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean, so you're coming here and seeing something that isn't really the way it happens every day. You know, um, yeah, but you, yeah, it's but we still a, have this crazy scene, unlike anything else. Yeah, it's like if you like love Formula One and you go to Monte Carlo, you get into it with like everything. You know, it's yeah, skateboarding is right here. It's yeah. But now it's connected like never before. Yeah. Because um, when you were younger, you couldn't uh, open Instagram and see what was happening in yeah, Texas, was, Florida, J- Germany, Japan. You know what I mean? And now, yeah, in seconds, you're attached it was to like, everything. It was like a dream. Like, if you have told me even 15 years ago, like, I would be here today talking with you and stuff like that. And Jake Brown is a good friend. He's a good reason why I have my company. Is the reason why I can skate today because I injured my knee and he helped me with CTI Nibres. And Jake Brown hates longboarders, but he respects me, which is like, for me, it means a lot. Let's give some props to Jake Brown. Yeah, I love Jake Brown. Jake Brown is gnarly. He's a freaking little dude who's funny as hell. 
Um, uh, I, again, I would see him starting at those ASR trade shows. I will up Jim Cry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, and then you'd see him on the mega ramp. And we all know he had the most crazy crash ever to take place in skateboarding. Yeah. And his shoes flew off and everything else. And, you know, he walked away from it. He was fine. You know. Yeah, but Jake, yeah, Jake is... He's uh, just a little warrior. Yeah, he's, he's And now incredible. he has a dice game. Yeah, I love the game. Like, every, everywhere we're going to have the clear booth in skateboarding, we're going to have the end zone game uh, at my booth. And what's the game called again? End zone. End zone, okay. So I, it's I, a dice I know game. we printed some stuff for him. Yeah, you know. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I've heard from a few people they like the game. So Yeah, if you, if you don't know the game, you're like, that's weird. But when you try it, you get into it, and... It's very fun. Well, just like skateboarding. If you don't know it, it's pretty weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you get sucked in, you're like, hey, this is kind of fun. I think I want to do this some more. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, that's good. Yeah, I, Jake. I, I wish Jake Brown the best with that, um, the end zone game. Yeah, uh, it, it's, and because he knows everybody, he has little events and people hang out. And yeah. I think the end zone game will end up being like it'll Something. spread across the world. You know, just oh, yeah. skateboarders have more influence than a lot of people realize. I and, agree with that. And more connection and more... Their, the roots go quicker to the trees around the world. So I mean, skateboarding, yeah. If I look at my life, uh, I know M83, the band, Agent Orange now, and I have a lot of connection in music, but also basketball from Orange County. One of my friends play for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So when you're a professional athlete, you connect easier to other professional athletes. And because you're a skateboarder, people think you're fucking gnarly. Pardon my French. Yeah. But yeah, people think you're gnarly and... So you have like this respect. Let's just say, let's just start there with French. Just fucking French. We always use the term pardon my French when we cuss. So, do you know where, where the word <laughs> fuck come from? Uh, and actually, no, I don't. It's from, uh, I think it's from UK. And you put the fuck at your door because you are the consentment of the king. So it's fornication under the consentment of the king. On the consent of the king. Yeah, yes. the consent of so the king. Sorry, legit- but, legitimate excuse for having sex. Yes, yeah, but it was illegal to have sex or make babies. So you had to go to the king to, to get the consent. So exactly. that I could make a baby. So that's where the word Fornication under the consent of the king. Exactly. Wow. So, so you can go home tonight and say, darling, <laughs> I have... Would you like to have fornication under the consent of the king? I'm the king of this household and I consent. <laughs> so, yeah, Would you like to be the queen and join me? Yeah, talking about household, I have to be careful when I say that because if I say household, like, as a French, it seems like the butt, you know, so it's pretty funny. So I have to be careful in what I say sometimes. Well, and I understand, and I, I'm, as I get older, I'm starting to... to Try, try, I'm trying to drop more, less <laughs> F-bombs, should yeah. I say. Um, trying to be a little classier. You know, sometimes yeah. I've listened to a few videos or interviews I've done, and I, and I just spoke in F-bombs, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. wow, how did I become that kid? I was raised like, you don't use that word. You're a skateboarder, And now it's become so casual. Well, I know, I, for, for, there's no doubt it's come from skateboarding. Um, but uh, sometimes when you, you know you end up and you have a very nice, you know, classy girlfriend who, like... Hey, she's respectful of your skateboarding, but jaw drops when you drop five F-bombs in a sentence. Uh, yeah. So you have to kind of tone that down a little bit. Yeah. I try to be careful with that as well. So where the, so the question goes back to, where did saying a bad word turn into, pardon my French? Because I think French people are rude. Uh, <laughs> but it's not, it's, not we are, it's not we are rude. No. It's more like we are like honest and sorry to hurt your feelings. Honest and, ab- the and, uh, and sometimes abrupt. Yeah. How's that abrupt or abrasive? I mean, it's like, and, and I have some great, great French friends. I mean, my friend Franck Boistel, you know, it's like he was a designer at Etnies. One of my better friends. Oh, French and, he's, people at and, and he'll joke <laughs> about how the French, the Frenchies are, you know, yeah. or this or that. I mean, 
Um, I'm respect to the fact that the Frenchies, um, you know, they love their food, they love their wine. Uh, it is actually probably how people around the world laugh at Americans, how we think we're so special because we're Americans. We know America is a great place, right? You're here now. It is a great place. There probably is no better place on earth as far as overall living. But having the attitude that like we're superior to everybody, it's like, no, there's a lot of places in the world that are pretty damn amazing. We just happen to have the maybe the best mix of everything. I mean, I think um, it's not the average American, the uneducated American is like that. It's like the same in French. The uneducated French people don't like Americans, but yeah. they never met one. No, so, I understand. Education but, is pretty much everything. Yeah. Uneducated makes I, people I have, hate I have, on other people. Yeah, I had bad experience, but mostly people are very nice, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to meet and be around those guys. Americans are like, they believe in things. It's about taking actions. For me, it's the American dream, and people will like help you out. A lot of people are full of shit, but you know what? They give you faith, so... I yeah, well, it. no, I think there's, there's one thing in, the, in, in America is the dream of being something, anything, not necessarily rich and famous, just being something like I can accomplish something. I can, I can give back a lot or I can build a product or I can, you know, you know be it good at skateboarding or surfing. Or it, it's, there's something about there's a, um, the social network of America and what you see, you feel, you feel possibilities. There, uh, I think you do is. see that. And I, and I have met a lot of Europeans who love their lifestyle, they, even, they love that they're taken care of better than we are. They are, literally. I mean, if you get sick and you're going to be taken care of better in Europe than you are in America. Yeah, but it costs you in taxes. Um, it does. I'm saying there's, there's prices to be paid for it, but they have this, a culture that looks after everybody. Not too many people get left out in the street the way they do here. We have millions of people just die, like, like forgotten yeah. about, ignored. No one's going to do anything about it. They're just laying out there, living in corners. Um, and that's kind of sad, but, but, I, but I had always sensed the difficulty and the challenge of like, I want to start a business. I want to do this. I want to do that. It was definitely more difficult to make that happen oh, in, France, in my is... perception for, you know. Yeah. I mean, in France, so I have my business here and I go online. I fill up the form. I pay 200 bucks a month just to like pay the fees to set up a business. Two weeks later, I receive the documents. I go to the bank. Within one, two hours, everything is open. I'm ready to go with all the numbers, everything I need. In France, you have to show um, that you know business, so you have a degree. You have to show the business plan, open a temporary bank account, go to the state, approve you, and then you go open your, your official bank account with your information. And it took me five months. I have a good account over there. And when I got to the bank, so I filled kind of like a book of documents. I have to sign page per page. Yeah. I, had, like, I had to put clay on after, like I had my wrists pretty like <laughs> you know bad and um, I talked to the banker and he said what's your forecast I said hundred thousand dollars for the first year and he said okay you won't be able to spend over six thousand bucks a month on expenses and I'm like how do you want me to make money if I cannot spend money and he saw nothing wrong with that and he's a banker right. in America it's just easy <laughs> Like everything. Well, again, we're we're, we're on a most a lot of the dreams that start here fail. There's no doubt about it. For every fantasy dream, people see there's a thousand that fail. Um, but the opportunity, rich or poor, you have options. And I would think again that becomes a, a I don't know how you say that. It's like a um, a social structure thing too. They're telling you if you're not educated enough, yeah. and it doesn't matter how good your idea is, we're not going to let you start. 
right? Yeah, so that's what they're no. telling you in, in, in yeah. France. If they make you say, you yeah, have to have exactly. a business degree, like, well, no, I have I have knowledge on the streets. I'm, I'm, I get it. I yeah. get how the world works. So let's face it. I, what I've learned from business is very few people learned any of their business skills in business school. Oh, 100%. None of them. You know what I mean? They learned maybe how to read a spreadsheet, but a spreadsheet's so freaking easy. Actually, a and B, 10 minus 9 is 1. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't care how many you put in between. It's really not that complicated to figure out. So business degree maybe gives you a different way of looking at things, economics, I mean, a few things like that. But by taking a, a street smart person with a great idea and not giving them the opportunity to start a business of any sort because they didn't get a degree... Man, that is a, that's an actual uh, statement of uh, rich and poor right there. No, oh, no you're not yeah. going anywhere. We're holding you down. Yeah, and that's what happened. And I see business as skateboarding, you know. You're going to fail. And it's not how many times you fail or how hard you fail. It's when you succeed. And it's the same thing when you do a trick. You learn a trick. You're going to fail, but you're going to get back up until you succeed. And sometimes it's going to hurt more than others, oh, right? Of course. Sometimes it's going of to course. really hurt. Of course. And then you have to get up until the pain goes until away. You make, and I think that's what made my business successful is skateboarding. It taught me that. And people don't get it. Yeah. So your business, let's talk about your business. Your business is called Clayer. Yeah. And you, you import clay primarily. I mean, it's French healing clay. So that's French healing yeah. clay, yes. And you, and you package it and bottle it and market under the brand Clayer. Yeah. So I ordered that clay from France from this specific supplier mm -hmm. because that's the only healing clay that is certified non-toxic and scientifically proven. So in the U.S., we're the only clay in, in the U.S. that does not fall under the Prop 65 because we have no heavy metals. And that's the only one with certified non-toxic. And we can say healing clay because we have all the studies behind it. So when I started the company, people, I told them, put clay on it. Yeah, sure, your shit works. Put on my French again. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, what do you know about cosmetic? What do you know about healing? What do you know about this? But over time giving products to everybody like Jamie Foy, Jack Brown, and Jack Brown is actually the first skateboarder. Yeah, I've used it. I put it on wounds. I yeah. put it on sore knees. It definitely so, helps. I don't, I don't know where the magic comes from, but it definitely it it, helps. Yeah, it helps yeah. some toxins. And why I started that is because in France, I got, I did a six-foot frontside there in Marseille, and my foot went out of my tail, and I landed it, and like tore my knee, like the worst pain ever. I have no surgery, and I skate. I only use the green clay. And that's what we use in France for centuries. So I got injured in the U.S. I did a straight leg from like six feet uh, over the coping at sector nine. And lucky was wood and not concrete board. And I didn't find the clay. I go to CVS and I ask for green clay. And they send me to the kids section. Like, you know, the Play-Doh? Oh, yeah. yeah they they send me the, I'm like, yeah. no, that's not what I'm talking about. So my friend from France shipped me some clay. And then I did some research. I got my first sample from my supplier, mix it, and give to Jack Brown. And Jack Brown told me, like, dude, that stuff works. So he pushed me to start my company. He said, you know, like, skateboarding, you won't make much money because look at. So start your own business. And he pushed me to start my business. So without Jack Brown, there's no clear. Thank and, you, Jack uh, Brown. Um, yeah, that's, that's so what So how I, long ago did you start Clayer? Six years ago now. Six years ago, okay. And uh, we went to a trade show in San Diego with a broker. And we met Biofreeze and all those guys like the rep. Mm -hmm. Two years later, Biofreeze copied my branding. So they came up with a matte packaging, and I was the only one. A lighter green. And they said, tested and trusted by professional athletes when I was tested and recommended by. And they sponsored Sean White for skateboarding. Like, 
That's exactly what I was. So I Welcome to the business world. Yeah, exactly. That's what, there's so many people in business, that's their whole business is, we don't create, pioneer, or invent anything. Yeah. We just wait for a direction to go and we just jump on it because we have more money. Exactly. And for me is, okay, a lot of people say you should, you should sue them. I'm like wasting my time and energy on that. I'm like, no. nah, I just changed my branding and thank God, like, look at my branding now. It's amazing. Like I'm able to like segment, like be closer to skateboarders and other sports. And it, it's a game changer. So thank you, BioFreeze, for copying me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's, there's a lot. Business, business is not fair. It's like skateboarding. No, no it's not because fair. And the one thing you can count on in business, um, especially skateboarding. That's the one thing that's weird about skateboarding. I love skateboarding. I love that I've been involved. I've made millions of skateboards. I, but I've also, I've never been backstabbed harder in my life than by skateboarders. You know what I mean? Because yeah. um, uh, part of it, I think, is the youthful passion that comes with people who are skateboard. The dream. Because yeah. we, we sell the dream. We make every kid think he can own his own brand yeah. uh, without realizing what some of the realities of owning your own brand are. You know, it's just a fast. you got to own your own brand. So people... 98% of every skateboard company that starts fails, right? There's thousands of I mean, skateboard brands in little garages and trunks and whatever, especially more now than ever because you import them from China. You can buy 20 at a time. Yeah. You can put a graphic on. There's so many people saying we're a skateboard company. Um, but And skateboarding as a culture and a business makes it appear that's the way it is. You know, It's like, yeah. oh, if, if you have a hot skater, you're a skateboard company. You're you're whatever. I mean, um, Tony Alva and Christian Osoy, like... That their company made money, but not as much as like legitimate like skateboard company. No, because they were. I mean, and they helped though. At certain times, you know, Alva sold on Alva's name. Yeah. And you know, Kasoy sold on Hasoy's name and uh, his iconic you know nature. But when someone else had a bigger distribution, yeah. You know, the boards the boards that sold the most, especially in the biggest times of skateboarding, were all sold by the people with the biggest distribution and the biggest wallet yeah. to build to build and buy the most. It's products. all about distribution at the end of the day in business. You know, and um, yeah. So you're always going to get copied. That's the point. No matter what you're going to get done, you're going to get copied. You yeah, know and I mean? I'm proud and, of uh, being copied. It means yeah. I'm the leader. I lead, mm -hmm. and you copy me. I'm not the follower. I'm not going to copy you. I'm going to look at what you do. You may have some good ideas. I may get inspired by. Well, it's called being aware of. Like I'm, you know, going back to the '90s when we made clothing for like Acme. Yeah. Everybody was making like these big big because baggy pants were in yeah but you know but we were like i'm like okay i get it if you want to wear baggy pants but i mean why would you need a 46 inch waist when you wear a 30 you know what i mean so so even then we looked at what everyone else did and we didn't just copy it we made like our extra large might have had that 46 inch wide kind of body yeah. but the waist was narrower so there wasn't as much scrunching up so they actually fit better you know what i mean like yeah. we're gonna we want to make them work okay it's ridiculous that this is where the fashion's at but we're gonna still make it work but most people don't put the effort in anything they just they, buy the they just copy yeah most i mean you know my power flex when i made the wheels i i i went out and had cores made so i could change the feeling of the core versus the outside uh, and so on and so forth. I knew if I just went and said, hey, pour me a wheel in a house mold that everyone can buy and pad print it, I go, then I won't stand for anything. I'll have nothing different and, and mean nothing. I can't make anything different. And, um, but in most people's cases, they end up selling fine as long as they have a couple of guys riding, yeah. you know, the, the couple of coolest guys around riding their brand. And I don't know. I've always cared more about quality and it's been to my I detriment. Mean, I would yeah, do, have done better if I cared more about that's what happened. Names. That's what happened with CBD. I started my company, so Danny, way everybody was like using my stuff, and CBD came with the money, like drug money, and pay everybody. 
and the product was crap. And I personally don't believe in it. I could have made CBD product, but I decided to never because that's not what I stand for. But now, where are they? And I'm still here, so people come back to me because I know my product well, is CBD great. CBD became so trendy that everybody tried to make a CBD company. It's, it's like skateboarding. So, skateboarders, so, yeah, you know? so it's like skateboarding. Snowboarding did the same thing. There was a time in the 90s when there were no. 500 snowboard companies. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and then, of course, they all, they all died. But... Uh, uh, I mean, longboard companies are the same thing. Sector 9, those guys pioneered it. Gravity, yeah. you know, whatever, um, drags. And then there was hundreds of longboard brands. And it amazed me, actually, longboards. It's it's funny that, you know, we start by talking about I people mean, not understanding or respecting longboards. But they made more innovations in trucks, things like that, yeah. than anybody did in the last 20 years. And, but Sector 9, what they did great is not sell skateboards to skateboarders. They sold skateboard to surfers or people that want to transportation. And they make the ready-to-use skateboard complete. Yeah. And that's what they did right. Oh, no, what they did right. They, they, um, I basically, I call a Sector 9 the beach cruiser of, <laughs> of, uh, of skateboarding as, re- as relative to bicycles. Okay. Yeah. I have a mountain bike. There's road bikes. There's gravel bikes. Um, there's fixies. There's all these specialized yeah. things that, yeah, those are what some people who are real diehard things as diehard skateboarders might want their popsicle stick or their pool board or their their whatever but the reality is people want to roll around on a skateboard and have fun on a skateboard and the skateboard market was like no people only want to flip their board and have it seven and a half inches with little trucks that are that don't turn or wheels that don't trucks that don't turn wheels that are so hard boards that basically if you handed a kid for his first board and a lot of the skateboard industry Mm -hmm. did that for many years they sold you a complete seven and a half inch no riser pads bolted to the yeah. wood, rock hard little wheels. Yeah. Kids get a board for Christmas. They probably rode it for two days, threw it in the garage and never rode it again because it wasn't fun. And, yeah, and Sector 9 said, no, we're going to give them, the, again, the beach cruiser. Yeah. Everyone can have a beach cruiser. I have multiple bikes, but sometimes the beach cruiser is just what I hop on to go to the store, to do whatever, to have fun. Sector 9 made that for skateboarders. And I think they served the wave of Lance Mountain on the videos because Lance Mountain it was not the greatest skateboarders, but on videos from back in the day from... Uh, he was always character. having fun. He was having fun, and people relate to that. And that's what they wanted to do. And that's why Lance Mountain sold so many skateboards. Because skateboard is fun, you know? No, I agree. I mean, when it was... So, every kind of skateboarding is fun. I mean, look, I mean, come in here, look yeah. here. I have eight-wheelers. I have pool boards. I have freestyle yeah. boards. I have boards with steel yeah. wheels for 360s. I have downhill boards. I mean, uh, carver boards. Yeah. I mean, to me, they all have their own little place in skateboarding. But literally, I... You know, tr- cruise with one board in my car. My yeah. board that's my shape that I want to ride at the parks with that. That's what I spend 90% of my time on. Um, yeah. But I don't ever reject the, the eight-wheeler. The, you know, why, why would I? I mean, it's, it's still a... It's, it's fun. It's fun and it's fantastic that someone had enough balls to try to make something different or try yeah. something different. I mean, I, I used to have a, a skateboard rack at my house with like 15 or 20 skateboards. So I have one for like this and one for like Donnie, one for like street, one for bull. And I give those skateboards away to my friends. I have my skateboard I bring everywhere. And I skate gnarly pool, like very tight pool. And people don't understand, but whatever. I ride pump tracks and I won the contest at the pump track, the fastest. With yeah, my, yeah. And people were like, oh, my oh, wait, bearings. You won the contest the fastest at the pump track? Yeah. And you were riding Powerflex wheels. I know yeah, that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I love those wheels. I mean, I showed you the. I, I was stoked when you told me that. Like, really, no, no. You, won the, you won the fastest time the, on a longboard. The yeah, track. and that? like there was those guys with like the, the slalom and downhill like nerds like on my bearings on my wheel and they, but they put soft wheels on the straight perfect cement 
which yeah. doesn't make sense. That would make sense if you're on asphalt pump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I would, they were like, what's your bearings? I'm like, I don't know. It's just my skateboard. I just show up with it. I didn't expect to I skate pretty fast too and I get that question all the time. What kind of bearings are you riding? It's like, I've ridden, I, I, I probably mostly have ridden Bones. I've ridden Bronson bearings. Yeah. I've ridden SoCal Skate Shop shop yeah. bearing. And you know what? Out of the, out of the gate, I, it's not like the bearing ever makes me go fast. Yeah. It's my, it's my, the, the wheels are more important than the bearings as far as I'm yeah, concerned. I agree. The, the, your pump skills are more important than your wheels or your I bearings. I think it's a mind, I think um, it's a lot of a mindset. Yeah. If you have those skills, it's a mindset. Yeah. No, people that go fast, go fast. And yeah. you could give most people that go really fast wheels that other people go slow on and they'd still go fast. I mean, I appreciate new bearings all the time. I go with super well, there's, a there's a smoothness of it. That's, yeah. more than anything just the but feeling of the... I remember skating with Clay Kreiner before like everybody knew him on the vert and he was going so high from the first drop in the energy and the pop kind of like Pedro Barros like so yeah. much energy and I'm like how the hell you go that high with that and it's a mindset I think it's, it's no it is because it goes back to the whatever even the 70s the 80s the early skate parks um, there were guys that, you know, they could land low and still do an air on the other side yeah. of the bowl or whatever like that. Yeah. And there were guys that land low and they wouldn't, they'd get two feet from the coping, you know, on the yeah. other side because they just didn't have the same, so like, I, I, I never thought I skated fast. People always say you skate so fast yeah. and I, I don't feel like I'm skating fast. I always feel like I'm skating slow. No matter same here. how fast I'm same going, here. I feel like I'm skating slow. Same here. Um, so, uh, when someone will say that, I always think like, yeah, no, whatever. You're just saying because I'm an old guy and I go pretty fast. But then I look at some old video, so I think, like, I, I kind of did skate faster than a lot of, than a lot yeah. of people. I think, but, that, but I think that's what comes from within you, your style. I think like skateboarding, the more you do it, everything slows down. Like when I do grunts, like I can, if I do a frontside smith, for example, I can feel my toes, I can feel everything. So everything slow down because you're pre, like you're more precision. You have more precision, you know. Yeah, more precision in it. But I, but I you don't realize it. Time I feel slow. I've, I use the the uh, I equate to it like a motorcycle. Just that say that you know guys can ride these really heavy six hundred pounds, whatever yeah. they weigh, eight hundred pound motorcycle, and ride through these crazy S curves and so on and so forth. And the bike has the most amazing balance and everything like that. If you stop at a stoplight. They gotta struggle. They gotta struggle to ever lean to one direction and not drop the damn bike because yeah. it weighs too much to hold up. Okay, so that's how I feel when I skate. If I slow down and start slowing and doing pivots, I start feeling like that motorcycle at the intersection that wants to fall over. If I go Mach ninety and I hit that coping so hard and fast, I just feel like it's more like it's thinking really fast just to feel the the glow, yeah. the group. I mean, the, the the glide, and then you just let it ride out of it with you slowing down is dangerous you hang up more when you slow down you, you I know, agree. Uh, yeah so I uh, agree. Yeah. but then there's the people who skate pretty slow and do amazing magical tricks yeah. so it's we're all i guess we're all just wired differently i mean there's skateboard for everybody now so everybody think can skate the way they want yeah what's your absolute favorite thing about skateboarding falling falling yeah because what it challenges you to, yeah, re- to recover to if it's good to be alive Ah, that's true. You know, how, how good fall when when you fall, like it's like, yeah, it's not because your skateboarders are you're like entitled to do that trick. Even if you've done that trick thousand times, you are not going to like make it perfect all the time. And no, I fall on unexpected. Things. It does keep it exciting. There's no doubt. So I, not slamming, but falling. Yeah, falling, like jumping off, yeah, or, falling. or realizing that you're not going to make it, yeah. and, and having to recover. Because I, I will agree, I feel very alive when I know I don't think my right flexes are that fast. <laughs> And all of a sudden, they become that yeah. fast when it's either so, slam really hard or find a way to run out of it. 
Yeah, and I think it's all about details, and it it explained to you, um, to me, that the details matter. You can control them. You can like overcome them if you like miss something. But ultimately, you're never in control. Yeah. In your best skate day, in your most perfect day, where you skated everything flawlessly, and you yeah. never felt like you even came close to following, you were never really in control. So you know. Yeah, I used to be very good the next day of like getting drunk, when I was like sore, and like I had to skate, but. My body was like not there. I had to put my mindset and I was getting even better, you know, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, mindset has a lot to do with your skating in general. I mean, it's just uh, if you if you fear, you yeah. slow down. If you're if you if you let yourself feel tired, yeah. you know, you, you drag even farther. Yeah. If you pretend you're not tired at all and keep going. It's yeah, it's, it's a mindset. You can yeah. Do. yeah, I mean, I would say my favorite absolute thing about skateboarding uh, is just motion. It is just is is the glide. Yeah. Whether it's just you're standing on the board and rolling, and probably my favorite of all is a carve. Is just yeah. if there's a good corner to just zoom through. To me, it's like a roller coaster, or or, yeah. or or it's like what you're doing going around a corner really fast in your car, but you feel it. The car's yeah. not feeling it. You know, you're the car. You're the motorcycle. You're the bicycle. You're the you're the the actual vehicle that drives it. I mean, it's skateboarding when you're skateboarding. I think you're. The skateboard is a tool and you're like the vehicle, yeah. you know, whereas in a lot of other things, like you're someone using the vehicle, you're yeah. the one using the bicycle. You can make the bicycle do some things, but it's a big, large thing. Skateboards are relatively small the size of our body. I consider myself the vehicle yeah. and I'm making that, the, the skateboard is my tire or it's my, uh, you know, I, 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 my I steering that. wheel. So, yeah. Talking about motion, I like to be like, I like to feel the grind, the pull coping, but I like to be in the air. You just yeah, me too. And it's tough because you get older. I have to be. I don't spend as much time in the air. Yeah, because it's just more dangerous. I mean, I was alling off a hip the other day, and Jeremy Ray was filming. It was just really exciting to just yeah. feel the 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 float. You know, when you get the confident feeling, oh my god, there's nothing better. There, there there is no feeling I like more than the feeling of a very high frontside air, early release, yeah. and the feeling while you're floating coming in for a landing and then when you land and come out of it with speed it's just and the exhilaration of your eyeballs watching your board above the coping really hoping you don't screw up and hit your wheel yeah. on the coping or hang you know waiting for it to come down below the coping of the tiles and then when you land smoothly especially yeah. and ride away from it yeah i don't think there's any feeling better than that float between and, uh, the let go and the riding away from it and coming back to elliot sloan and those guys like bob and click runner is just i mean the freaks of nature Dude. The guys who, who do stuff that we can, that the, even us yeah. diehard lovers of skateboarding cannot yeah. understand why it looks so easy when they do it. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I see those guys, I'm like, okay, I can do it. And I go and I skate on the vert. And I'm not a bad skateboarder, I think. But when I skate vert, I suck. I, and I, I know what you're saying. It's a it's feeling different. Frustrating. I, I feel like I was one of the better pipe riders in the history of skateboarding. You know, it's like, I really feel, I know that I felt how I feel. And I've seen some of the thing where guys have looped some of these like things in like yeah. Oregon and stuff like that. And I go there thinking like I think Reed's board where has this funnel. And I go there and think like it, before I even show up to the park, like I'm, my dream is like I'm gonna find that line and go for it. And I get there and it's like hell no, it's lumpy, it's bumpy, it's it's odd angles. And then you sit there and go. Where do these freaks of nature come that that roll in? And I yeah. see that on a video, and it makes it look effortless, you know. Um, and what we have to realize, and I accept, because people will come up to you or to me and say, "My God, you're such a good skateboarder." And, yeah. and, I, and I think, okay, 
I understand how you feel. Or they'll say, I suck. You know what I mean? I, oh, dude, you rip. I suck. And I'm like, well, wait a second. You know what it feels like to, to drop in after Christian Asoy in a contest? Okay. Yeah. It, it feels like I suck. Okay. Yeah. Because, and then you watch me and think like, you suck. No, we all have that. There's just a certain thing. That's our abilities, point. our time we spent, our, you know, how it comes naturally to us. So none of us really suck. We just find whatever level our body lets us go to. Yeah. Uh, our body and our mind. I mean, to me, it's mostly my body. I don't fight to learn new stuff. Yeah. I just don't. I'm not going to like kill myself. Yeah, not anymore. If it yeah. feels right. No, even, even when I was younger. No, if it, if it came easy, I did it. If it didn't, like, whatever. I came here to have fun. I didn't come here to learn tricks. I did the yeah. tricks I know and they felt good. Yeah. And if I think of something else, yeah, I tried a couple times. I was a three-trick rule. You don't uh, make do it three no. tries. You just come back later and do it. Uh, three um, or four tricks. Never could do 50, 50 yeah. tries to do something. Not yeah. not really my so style. I, I see what you mean, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so you mentioned, so going back to products, you sell clay, or the, uh, the clay, which, again, I, I've used. I like it. Um, you say you're making some stuff for pets now. Yeah, uh, we have like a similar formula, but more like for the pets. And you say it's clear? It's same. It's clear. It's clear. clear. I thought you said yeah. clear. No, See, it's... this is where the accents. Well, what, yeah. We need an interpreter here. We need an interpreter. This <laughs> guy right? speaks French over here. No, he, he speaks Fringlish. Fringlish, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, we, have the product for, we have the products for pets now. And because I have friends with dogs, and they said, I've been using the, your, your stuff on dogs. I'm like, wait a minute. Seriously? He's like, hey, it works great. I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to my supplier and figure something for the dogs. Yeah, I have a dog here who has very, um, he has very sensitive skin. He takes, actually takes pills oh, because his skin yeah. is so you know, sensitive and his tummy and stuff like that and gets, gets rashes really easy and stuff so, like that. And yeah, like my friends, they put the products on the hot spots or like when they have a fight on open wounds and the dog don't even touch the product. They yeah. let it Well, sit. you know, I kind of thought you were crazy when you told me to put, put the clay on an open wound. Um, oh, and I did a couple time. times and I, and I actually, it, it sucked out the... The toxins and stuff. I could tell. I mean, my, my wound was cleaner. I've always had a problem keeping wound. I, in fact, so, I got staff infection a few yeah, years ago. So I've out. seen, and I cannot promote that, but I've seen a bad staff infection on a knee. I told the guy, just try the clay. You don't want to go to the hospital, put the clay. Within two days, the staff cleared up. Yeah, last and that's hard because obviously it can go the other way too. But I mean, but it's nice. And last and week. I, but I have tried it on wounds and I have yeah. felt cleaner and it became a clean scab, not a, not a, yeah. Not a wet, oozy, you know, infected yeah, scab. And if you have a road rash and you fall like on a skateboard, like on a dirty street, like you put the, you have nothing else, put the clay because it will avoid the infection so and protect the, the wound. Where does the clay originate? Is it mined from? It's, a, it's actually a mountain. It's, it's a mountain. It's, the, okay. it's, the, they're, they're... it's dirt. It's basically yeah. just dirt. And this area is built on, on the clay. And the supplier we have is the only one who, after extracting, puts back the plants and the trees just to help the regeneration of the clay and because they don't want to leave a, a hole in the middle of nowhere. So they basically do like what responsible forestry does. They, exactly. they tear down and they grow and they tear down and they grow. Exactly. And they got um, everything is solar energy and they got awarded one of the greenest companies in France. So I'm very stoked to work with them. Good. I try to make everything good too. You know, we have like... So maybe you shouldn't be on my podcast. Why not? Because you're a good person and you care about that, and that's not good. You're a good person. Uh, I, I know you're not a good person. I know. No, <laughs> no, we're I know all I'm bad people too. I know I'm a bad. I'm a bad guy. I'm French. I'm rude to people. No, I get it. I <laughs> ride a longer board because I cannot stand skateboarders. No, I get it. Um. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, we try to be respectful, you know, and 
and uh. support skateboarders. And talking back with skateboarders, I've been giving products to all those guys. We have a partnership with uh, Jamie Foy and Vincent Milou. They make royalties on the packaging, but they don't promote the product. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, because I have agents, they want money up front. I'm like, dude, yeah. you have your name and on my you packaging. Know, it's, it's, it, that's hard because it's like, and I understand that. Like we talk about agents and skateboarding. Um, I did comic book graphics in the 90s oh, I for, didn't know that. for some uh, for my Acme Skateboards brand through this guy Rob Liefeld um, who's you know very well known comic artist stuff like that and he was really stoked to have his stuff on skateboards so he didn't make me pay $50,000 licensing fee up front blah 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 to do that like a lot of these big like Bart yeah. Simpson and all that stuff I bet Santa Cruz pays a fortune sometimes to get these licenses for yeah. uh, up front um, because they wanted to be on a cool product and they got the they got the payment through royalties right they yeah. sold a bunch uh, yeah, that's, I, but yeah there's there's a there's a bit of a disconnect sometimes between the realities of very small business and trying to give back with a royalty yeah. uh, because and that's all you got you can't you can't write them a check for 20 that, grand because you don't yeah. even know if you'll ever make 20 grand yeah you know, like, I barely made the rent this month you know and I have a side job so I work like 80 hours a week easy yeah. And the thing is, the funny part, Jamie Foy, Zion Wright, all those guys contact me to get my stuff. Yeah. And some of them, like Zion, was sponsored by a CBD company yeah. and contact me to get my stuff. And Jamie Foy asked me for my products. Yeah. I'm like, dude, promote it. Tell on your people on social media, hey, guys, this is what I use when I get injured. It fucking works. So like, he lets you put the name on the product, but... I give him royalties, but, but, but I cannot make sales. And we opened 100 SketchUp on consignment with my previous sales guy. And we had no payment, zero payment out of 100 SketchUp. Do the math, you know, and just a lot of money. And I keep, and I keep giving to skateboarding because without skateboarding, I won't be here today. Yeah, no, I understand. And and, as and a, I want and to as support, a, you know. As a business person, I tell you, you have to moderate that. That's yeah. one of the first things I tell kids who start a skateboard company because their dream is what makes their skateboard company real is them having riders. You know, it's yeah. like so they give everything away. Dude, and they lose money. We have like, everybody. You know, um, Clickwiner, Michi, everybody use my stuff. Everybody. I, and I understand that. And you just have to moderate. You have to moderate how much you can give away with how oh, much you 100%. sell. Oh, 100%. You know, because... Uh, I mean, what's stopping to give away now? Yeah. If you're... Well, just if keep you, it mellow. Keep it You know, if, if, you're, if you're the one supporting the company since day one, or like you always supported and promote, no problem. But we don't give products away. Well, and the bottom line is, I mean, it's funny. I should do a podcast one day just on sponsorship in general. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, I've, you know, I have lots of different analogies I look at and say, you know what I mean? I'm really good at eating. You know, that's why I probably had to lose 40 pounds a few years ago because I yeah. spent too many years enjoying hamburgers or whatever. <laughs> um, and I, um, yeah, I, like Carl's Jr. never sponsored me because I was a good eater, right? Yeah. You know what I mean, so because you're a good skateboarder, that doesn't earn you a sponsorship. You know, um, there's a lot of good skateboarders. There's, there's oh. millions of good skateboarders. Yeah. Um, what sponsorship is is someone gives you a product for you to help them sell a product, right? And unfortunately, skateboarders, because we're so passionate, we give skateboards to skateboarders because we're stoked on their riding, yeah. right? Uh, and the majority of them do not make us a penny because they don't promote it right. They don't put their heart and soul into it. They take it for granted. Like, yeah. you give me that stuff because I'm good. Yeah. You know, and I'm everything to you. It's like, well, yeah, but if you weren't, it didn't exist on the face of the earth, somebody else would be everything and so on and so forth. So the middle ground is a, it's a tough thing I mean, I've to been, sell. I've been but. there when I was young. I wanted to be a good skateboarder to be sponsored. Like that's everybody's dream. But when I signed my contract with Sector 9, the day I signed that contract now in skateboarding, I had no fun. 
because now I have an obligation to scale. And I agree. I, I, I love taking photos. People say, why don't you, you should, you should be a photographer or something like that. I'm like, now the day I had to work to get paid to take it, it would no longer be fun. Yeah, you does. know, I, mean, I just love taking pictures of things and my friends and memories yeah. and visual and and I totally get that. And I'm they're skateboarding when I, you know, when again I had to show up and do a demo because your sponsor expects you yeah. to, and it certainly wasn't as fun as when you showed up to a session yeah. and just had a good time. There, there's yeah. no doubt about. It. But the bottom line is, don't want to be sponsored if you don't realize the reason you're being sponsored isn't because you're good. Yeah. It's because you, 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 your being good opens an opportunity for you to help a product get awareness, be recognized, be respected, yeah. and be noticed, and so on and so forth. That's the only reason they're... I mean, people don't run ads in magazines that nobody looks at, right? You know, it's yeah. like, I mean, big companies, like, I'm not going to put my, you know, cosmetics ad in this magazine that no one reads, because... The reason they put an ad in there is for people to read it. Yeah. So if uh, if they spent all their ad money on magazines that nobody read, they would never have any sales. Exactly. So if you spend all your product on skateboarders that don't do anything to promote or don't actually have impact, they don't walk into their local yeah, shop and their local shop respects them and but says, when you're what young, do you sell? When you're young, you don't really get that. I've been no, there. No, you don't. I, I've been there. For sure. But now I, I love those bearings like the Superfly and I just ordered some yesterday and I sent an email like, yes, I just ordered some bearings like, Oh, thank you so much. I'm like, because I know when I, uh, I used to write for Black Flies, get glasses for free. Now I pay for them and I'm happy to support yeah. because I understand. But as a young kid, you think that's funny because when I moved there, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder and I thought I would be just doing skateboarding. But all those pro skateboarders have jobs. Like 95% of them have a job on the side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of no, course. Only a very small percentage actually, of the skateboarders. Actually, they skateboard on the side, actually. Yeah. Oh, they're very, very. <laughs> There's, there's a small handful of skateboarders that live off the actual act of skateboarding. Yeah, there's nothing. You know, there. They skateboard publicly. They edit. They video. They put stuff out there. And most of them, yeah, have to have to work. Um, and it's a short-lived thing too. There's another thing. There's a whole the perception of what sponsorship is, what being a professional skateboarder is, um, how much value it actually brings, yeah. are, are very completely different than the reality yeah. of what it really is. Yeah, I agree. But hey, but we're still here. Why? Because we love yeah, it. Passion. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Just the, that's the... Yeah, people say, oh, you're a pro professional skateboarder. Like, you're so good. Are you professional? I'm like, I'm skating for fun. I don't... It's not even my yeah. job to skateboard. Yeah. I mean, some of you will say, I, some of you will say to people, like, I was a professional skateboarder. But then I'm like, I mean, I, get, I still am, I guess, because I enter, like, the Legends division or something. I mean, it's professional. I mean, like, I guess you're always a professional once you're considered a professional. But, like, in some levels... I was never a professional skateboarder because even at the most time of that I made the most money or whatever like that, it was never my only job. Dude. I never was just paid to be a skateboarder. I, most... I made a little side money being a skateboarder while I did other things. So the most money I did as a skateboarder in one year is 5000 bucks. The most money I've done as a skateboarder. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that anymore. I think that's probably 90% of all the skateboarders yeah. that I've And you struggle there. to get food, you struggle like for everything. And I'm like, it's not a life. I love skateboarding. But now I work. I work a lot. I don't skate as much as I want. But when I skate, I'm having fun. And I love it. Yeah. No, I agree. Skateboarding is... Uh, skateboarding should be for the love of skateboarding. Uh, the little bonuses, as we'll yeah. call them. The sponsorship, yeah. you know, payment, more like that. It's a nice bonus. It's yeah. a nice bonus yeah. to enter a contest and, and win a few hundred bucks or something like that. I mean, yeah. like, who doesn't want a few hundred bucks? Exactly. To, no, you know? exactly. And for the guys that are super diehard, the, the Tony Hawks of the world, the Nigel... I mean, hey... 
they put a lot of hard work in that and they deserve that check for 50 grand or 100 grand or like that and I, I have great respect for that yeah you know I might have tried harder if prize money was fifty thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars in in the 80s you know what I mean to yeah. me it was like whatever why would I break myself off for a thousand dollars I mean I'm like I'm gonna come show up have a good time enjoy yeah. the contest sit back watch Tony Hawk and Christian Asoy battle it out for first and second and be stoked that somebody bought me a ticket to go there I mean that Dude, was like how cool was that you I, know? Was, I was doing some contest in France and on mini ramp I was pretty damn good on mini ramp like, that was my, my stuff yeah I was skating and people you. when people like see me skate and know I'm at a contest nobody wanted to participate because they would know like I'm winning it's like, and they want to win, but they see me like they don't even participate. Sometimes it's good to be, to be handed like, your on. ass. Come on, just want to have fun, guys. Like, come skate with me. But nobody wanted that. <laughs> well, it goes back to like I said. No matter what people think, they'll ever tell you you're a great skateboarder. I suck. We're like, there's always someone, you know, and you know, there's someone else who up to that mini ramp. And you go, okay, now I feel stupid. Yeah, you know what I mean, so we get it. We yeah. get it because there's always someone's like, whoa, you're a machine. You know, yeah. um, where'd you come from? Yeah, and that's yeah. Some people but, have natural talent. But yeah, at the end of the day, that's why I do what I do with my business. To support skateboarders, you you get injured, but my products, and you will get back on your board faster. And that's what I'm here for. Well, so I appreciate you brought me some clay today. You brought me yeah. some hangover. Yeah, we have those ones That's going to be interesting. I, I'm not a big drinker, but you know, I, I have a drink here and there, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna see if Mart if that helps me on Martini night. Yeah, I don't market that product a lot. I'm, it's just for me to marketing things like, oh, you have that too. I'm like, yeah, but if you want that, you have to know me. <laughs> you know and where are most of your sales is done, done on your website like um, mostly Amazon lately okay on my website yes walmart.com too okay and I try to be in SketchUp but do you do the shipping oh dude I manufacture the product myself I made the design I built the yeah. website I made the contract I made the catalog I do the shipping, the packing. I do everything. I understand things. that feeling. I do everything. I, I, I especially because I used to have a big company where I had an accounting department and a yeah, purchasing department. I do that and too. I, and now, now, yeah, I, I have to do shipping and packing and invoicing, yeah. and um, that's a little bit of the new world. But but, uh, but what? But so the connections with the WalMarts and the whatever. That's all just digital connections. Yes, digital. They promote yeah. it on their websites because they have yeah. such following. Yeah, it, uh, Walmart tried to beat Amazon. Uh, yeah. Because Amazon went to Walmart and they didn't believe it. And now they try to catch up to it. But there's some people on Amazon. Walmart is free. So you have like the cheapest price free. And Amazon, you have to pay all those fees and things like that. So they try to like provide a free membership with like cheaper products. I mean, that's their uh, strategy, whatever. Yeah. And well, I, I noticed, I've Googled things. I know I, I, I notice stuff comes up on Walmart. So they're spending like, a lot of money, you know, to. I want, I want to like be on every SketchUp. We offer great condition, like amazing condition. Everybody use my stuff. And the shop is like, no, no. Well, I, I mean, I, honestly, I've had shops tell me, like, uh, I hear your PowerFlex wheels are great. Um, I don't care. Yeah, because they want to because make sense. I, because I, I don't care if a Spitfire's flat spot in two weeks, kid comes back and buys another pair. If kid's dumb enough to keep spending money on something that fails, yeah. then why do I care? I make more money off him. If yeah. they buy your wheels and they last for a year, and that doesn't do me any good. So, so it, what it is is you have a, basically a, a better story to a consumer yeah. than to a retailer. You know, yeah. and then there's are some retailers that care. And that's just the way it is. Some do, some don't. Yeah, but that's at the end. I was talking with uh, one of the Bravo Sports executive uh, last week, and we talk about that. It's all about the story to the consumer, not the retailer. That's all well, about the and consumer. that's why a lot of products. That's why a lot of companies have built themselves very strongly in direct sales now, yeah. because people want to buy a story. They want to appreciate where a company comes from, and. Um, 
and you're not necessarily getting that in retail no. anymore. You're getting what they want you to, yeah, to see. Because SketchUp became kind of like any other shop. Like before, when you go to a sketch shop, like the sketch shop knows about things and tell you and like you're excited. You're like, oh, my God. But now the consumer thinks knows everything and the sketch shop wants to make money. So they don't care. Well, and the skate shops, um, unfortunately, the skateboard industry did that to the skate shop, too. Yeah. yeah. Because, again, there used to be 100 boards available on the market. Now there's 5,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's no skate shop on this earth that has ever that could come close to carrying every skateboard that's on the market right now. No way. You know, even every skateboard from only major brands, right? Only only real brands that we recognize as major brands. No small garage companies, but just yeah. take the top 15 brands that the world knows, whatever, you know, the yeah. Santa Cruz's, the Powell's, the, the Quasi's, the yeah. fucking awesome, you know, all whatever brand's hot coming up, whether you take those top 15, no skate shop could carry every board those no, guys no, make. No, it's too much inventory. way too much product now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we sell I was... smaller units of more products, so it's... Uh, it's definitely a place where the the retailer is lost. And, I mean, Powell yeah. makes so many different wheels, you know, and they, and they make good wheels. I love the guys; they're good, but they make the same wheel with like sixteen different graphics on it. You know what I mean? And it's not a different wheel; it's just it's just another model to way to same with keep, keep another team. And that's the same thing, um, the same thing with skateboarding. It's the same, same deck same. with this with another graphic slapped on it. So uh, there's not a lot of differentiation. So that's really difficult on retailers. So I think that numbed retailers. To putting their heart and soul into knowing what's going on in skateboarding, you can't follow what's going on in skateboarding no. anymore. It's not logical, not from a business standpoint. No, it's from I a skateboarder mean, standpoint. Hell yeah, do whatever you want. You want to skate ditches, be a ditch skater. You want to be a pool, be a pool skater. You want yeah. to be a freestyler, be a freestyle. That's rad. That's come back. But from a retailer standpoint, like what, what do we sell? There's all this shit going on. Even when we have our local scene, locals, we have our local scenes like the big brands. We have our, you know. Yeah, and that's, uh, I, I was a, a sales rep for Sector 9 Skateboards in France, number one in Europe, because I was passionate at it. So I understand what's happened with the retailers. So when I built my company, I, I built around the retailers to help them out. It's like, hey, that's a product you put on the counter. There's Jamie Foy name on it. It's a skateboarder. Yeah. And you can talk about the story. It's on the counter right there. And you make good profit margin because I, you make more than a regular product. So that's a great addition for your store. Like, and everybody use that. And if you try, everybody would talk shit about my products. That's people who don't try, didn't try it. Yeah, well, that's typical so, of anybody. I want, so I really shit want, talkers know nothing about what they're talking shit exactly. about. And um, I really wanted to like help the retailers. And nobody cares. And I give them a solution. I was like, hey, you can make more profit saying that product. People buy a skateboard, just sell them these 20 bucks products. Yeah. What they want you to do is they want you to create so much demand that people walk in their store yeah. asking for your product without any effort on their thing. Yeah, that's what why, they want. They why want. would I support that guy? I understand. That's what I'm saying. That's where retailers has become. They they mostly want to sell products that people just walk in and just walk out with without yeah. without any second thought. Um, and that, that has changed a lot because in the in the 80s they would talk about brands and like, oh, this is an upcoming brand that's run by these skaters. They knew who was behind them. Now now that's why so much corporate involvement has also gotten into the skateboard industry because um, skaters no longer have any idea where the product's coming from. They don't know if they're buying it from Walmart or yeah. whether they're buying it from a skater. Yeah. You know, um, and, and that's a little bit of the detachment of the world. And I think it's partially because we have so much media rubbed in front of us and, and let's face it you know there's 
the, in every category. It doesn't matter whether it's skateboards yeah, or roller obviously. skates or bicycles. Even I mean, scooters now. You don't know where your stuff's made. What's you know? Yeah. Uh, you're taking a risk half the time you buy it, and um, sometimes the best the best product in the market is the smallest brand, and yeah. the worst product is the biggest brand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because it's all about marketing, but it is it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm just happy to be a skateboarder. Me too. And be talking to a Frenchman who people are going to write me messages on the, on the <laughs> thing and say, "What was he saying?" Okay. You, I, I you do people, pretty well. Yeah, I hope people understand what I say. <laughs> um, if you have a if you have a, a choice that that can oh. alternate, like slowing down our speech, maybe you'll hear it more. I'm like kidding. Um, yeah. I don't think you're too bad. Yeah. I, I only had to correct a couple times where I yeah. had to clarify. Yeah, but on the macro is different, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we could do a French version of the show if you like. Si you tu know. veux, on peut parler français. Hein. I, Pas de problème. I like that. So, so <laughs> go ahead and, and, and uh, now's your opportunity to tell everybody how you feel in French, and most won't know what you're saying. Exactly. If you like a couple of minutes, to that's why. Like, that's why girls are like, tell me something in French, and I said the nasty thing. She's like, oh my god, that's so romantic, sexy, so sexy. sexy. I know. Well, it's I, the same thing. A man I mean, hears yeah. a woman with a French accent. She's like, oh my god, that's so sexy. French is a sexy language. Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. I mean, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Just well, kidding. You started out with a French kiss. I mean, like how? Yeah. how could anybody claim that French aren't sexy if yeah. they, they gave us what everyone on and earth considers French... one of the foundations of, yeah. of sensuality is the French kiss. So. And what the French did play on. <laughs> okay, I, I'm like, if you're under 21, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, it's, um, yeah. No, I'm stoked to be here, like, talk with you, talk, like, just being in that yeah, Why industry. do you want to talk with me? That's a good question. Why not? Why not? I you've, like done, you, you've done you've done so much for skateboarding. Have I? I don't know. I just I I just do what I do and I have fun doing it. That's, you know, that's me, what I'm lucky. You I'm do, the luckiest man in skateboarding. Yeah. I am. I really. I've got to do everything. I've got to make stuff. You know. I mean, ride, when, ride it. Dude, like I talk with Christian Osoy, Dave Duncan. I skate with Jake Brown. I met Danny Way. I skate with everybody. I know everybody. It's, for me, it's insane. I live in a dream, and everybody every day. Anywhere I go, people say, hey, how are you? I'm like, living the dream. People are shocked. You know? Like, I'm just living the dream. I think the more I've come to be older, I realize that I literally live a dream. I do. Oh, yeah. Because, I, I, I mean, a, a lot of stuff in my life didn't work out the way I wanted. Houses, I mean, money, financials, just... But I wake up happy. Yeah. You know? I, used, I go to bed happy. And throughout the day, I spend time with, with interesting, fun, creative people... Um, that yeah. that have a lot of passion for what they do, and uh, my family uh, are healthy. My uh, amazing girlfriend and her family. Everyone's not we all. We, everything, it's just it's just easy. It's easy. I live in a beautiful place near the ocean. Yeah. I see the beautiful water. I ride my bike around and get get energy. I'm like I truly live the dream. Yeah, it could I be. Mean, no, yeah, we're in a good place. Definitely a good place. Yeah, we we really are. You know, I, have, I don't have too many problems. A couple million dollars couldn't almost solve. No, money is um, not the problem. I'm only not kidding. I totally joke about that. Um, but give me one million yeah, dollars, I, I may have less problem. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I could solve a few problems with some more money, but um, but that's not uh, the But end ultimately, end. it doesn't make your life better because I've had no. both. I've had when I had a hundred employees, a lot more money passing through my hands without you know, um, you know, for for many years. Um, I can't say I lived better. I think I live as well. I live as well today as I've ever lived. Yeah. You know, and I and I live a lot more on the edge of of of, of you know having and not having. You know, He's like, like skateboarding. So, um, Same. Same. Yeah, 
I don't know. Well, I guess we'll end it there. Yeah. Skateboarding is good. Skateboarding, Skateboarding is keeps you happy. Yeah. Hanging, hanging around people that do things that are fun. And teach you it make, up. Makes life, uh, gives you a better perspective on life. And and I've, uh, I've I come to appreciate that more every year. So uh, I love you guys that take the time to listen to the show. Um, uh, I'm sure with a few of you guys out there that are dicks that I don't like, but you know that's that's life. Uh, yeah, some point give talking up. shit right now, saying another Jim rattling his mouth off again, and you know yeah, some point I can't fix up. that. Some probably gave up because they couldn't understand me. It's like ah, I don't understand it. So I just quit. Well, you know, honestly, part one of the reason I do podcasts with a lot of different people is because everyone has their their audience, their friends, their their fans, whatever it is. So yeah. you know, and of course, if I do a podcast with Steve Caballero, I expect more people who are going to listen than a podcast with you and me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But And I'm sure you expect the same thing, but there's nothing wrong with that. You have your you, people that know you, you have a different style, different vibe. Some people listen to all the podcasts just because they like to hear different skaters and different points of view. Um, for me, being such a fortunate man to have been around skateboarding so long and done so many different things, to me, it's just archiving conversations yeah. with all the people I've met. You and I have shared grid skate sessions. We've yeah. had, always had a good time. I love skating with you. You're always smiling. Um, Thank you. And... Uh, you know, so it's just you, you've, you've passed through my life. You're one of the people who's passed through my life in skateboarding. So, uh, you know, we get to sit and talk about where we're at in life, learn a little bit more about each other. I learn a little bit more about you all the time just as we pass by each other. It's not like we're best friends, have known each other in intimate details, but yeah. you learn more as the year goes, years go by. Yeah, just so. caring about people. So, for those of you who uh, enjoy variety, hey, thanks for listening. And for those of you who don't, hey, thanks for probably not listening anymore. <laughs> Good one, yeah. Be thankful, you know. Um, uh, so uh, everybody have a, have a wonderful day. Uh, Tibbs, thank you for coming. Thank you for and, having uh, me. keep working hard. Keep loving skateboarding. That's, yeah. you know. I mean, I don't work hard. I just love working. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so. And I, I, like I said, I'm happy every day. So I hope you guys find ways to be happy every day. And here's my, uh, my thought of the day. Find something beautiful today. Something that you look at that makes you happy, whether it's a flower or a fire hydrant or a cloud in the sky. Don't let the things that make your life harder be what defines you today. Just look for something good and go, you know what? I choose. I choose happiness today. Happiness is a choice. Live it and uh, and, and it, you'll be better off for it. Love you all. And have a great American day, my friend. Have a great American day. Have a great, <laughs> have a great French day, too, to our Frenchies out there. Uh, we, Have a great day. We appreciate you all. Love it. Love you. Adios. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.